Marvel's Luke Cage is the third Netflix defender, but is his series a breakout hit, or is it left us lukewarm? <laughs> I'm Mike. I'm Darren. And this is Popscorn. Popscorn, the Fall Entertainment Movie Review Podcast, and today we're talking about the Netflix series Marvel's Luke Cage. Ooh. As always, I am Mike. And I'm always Darren, and we're incredibly white, Michael. We are very white. Makes us talking about some of the issues on this show a little bit tricky. Yeah, I do want to point out that we are incredibly white. pale. Yes, incredibly so pale. So very, very pale. Yes. So very, very British as well. <laughs> Indeed. So... so uh, this is going to get awkward. It, it, it can be if we have to discuss some of the themes in this show that yeah. we've read. But uh, I think we'll be able to skirt over them for the most part, Michael. Because... Much, much like people like us have been doing for years. But <laughs> hey-ho! Just ignore it and it will go away! Yeah, eventually. <laughs> much like that rash on Michael's derm. Anyway, so... Anyway, so... so um, yeah, yeah. yeah, Luke Cage! Luke Cage! Um, Overall feelings, I think, straight away, Michael, just so we can set the tone. Yeah, okay. This is the weakest Netflix series so far. Ooh, of okay. The, of the four series we've got, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Daredevil Season 2, and this, this is bottom of the pile. Doesn't make it bad, it's bottom of the pile, though. I think I preferred it to Jessica Jones. Okay. I think, I, it definitely the first two Daredevil Seasons are just are just way up in the stratosphere. Yeah, yeah. Daredevil Season 2, just just for the Punisher, is... Yeah. Oh, God, the yes. I think... Because I cared and liked the main character more here than I did in Jessica Jones. Okay. Because I still think Jessica Jones is the weakest part of Jessica Jones. I think I prefer this. Not by a lot. I'm not saying this is anywhere near as good as the Daredevil series at all. Yeah. But I think I, I enjoyed my time I spent with Luke Cage for the most part. Yeah, okay. I'm not saying that there was things... That, like I'm not saying it's a total washout. I think it's very much a case of this is the reverse... Of uh, Daredevil season one, or not Daredevil season one, Daredevil season two. Mm. You know how that started amazing and ended amazing, but there were like two or three episodes in the middle, just kind of like, eh. yeah. For me, De- like Luke Cage is the reverse of that. Like I-, I feel like the starting episodes weren't great, the ending wasn't great, but there's like a good run of five or six episodes in the middle. I'm like, ah, oh, yes, exactly. And it, and what it got I was really Michael. good, yeah. but it. It started on a whimper and ended on a fart, unfortunately. Well, I think I think the 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 start of the series was quite slow. The first two episodes in particular were quite the, glacial. The first three episodes did nothing for me. I was like, I've got to sit through another ten hours of this yet. I think I started hooking in um, in the third because the third episode is the church episode, isn't it? Where, where, uh, I think so. Where, where a funeral happens. It's a funeral. That was the episode where I think it really kicked into gear because the church thing is really, really good. Um, and 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 yeah, I, I was with it up until a point near the end. I, I will say it has the, by far away the strangest finale of TV I've seen yeah. in a good long while. It's weird. Like like they made big decisions, and I I admire the balls it took to make those decisions. And I think I will like them should we come back here. But just it, the, the finale was a bit weird. But we have many much ground to cover before we get to the finale. Uh, so do we want to talk about the cast or the overall themes first? I think we'll go with cast. Okay. Um, and then we can paint the themes on top of them. Gotcha. 
No, we were both big fans of Mike Coulter. We were. Uh, from Jessica Jones, of just how he was the smoothest man alive. I like that he's continued that form into Luke Cage. Yeah, I, I do like it. I do get a feeling that he's spread a little thin here. I think he's got a lot of work to do because he's now got his own series. Unfortunately, he can't come in and steal the scene anymore. Yeah. Which is really unfortunate because I think Mike Coulter is actually a really decent actor and I think he's really good. I will say, though, when Luke Cage is at his best, he's at his best. Yeah. He's very smooth. He's very suave. He's very, uh, sort of like, very quick-witted, in a sense. Yeah, he's, he's quite he's funny. He's got an answer for everything, but, which is quite uh, good. The most key thing, he's relatable. Yes. I'm much more relatable than Jessica Jones ever was to me. Um, and Because and, I, I often found Jessica Jones quite grating, whereas I was never, like, bored of being in Luke Cage's presence. That's true. I can see how some people might think he's quite a quite a... Uh, not a dull actor, but you know what I mean? He doesn't bring a lot of energy or a lot of, you know, like, zaniness to a role. Well, he's he carries, quite mellow. He carries a lot of weight from the character to begin with, as well as the weight of what happened to him in Jessica Jones. Yeah. So if you go into Luke Cage trying to get the gist of everything, it's not going to happen. No. So you, you have to... Sorry, go on. To the point to which I wasn't actually sure when this series took place. Yeah. Because it wasn't made abundantly clear at the start... That this was set after Jessica Jones. Yeah, it's. I I think we can place it around six months after Jessica Jones. I think. Now I know that. No, because it gets explained later on the season. It becomes obviously yeah. set after, um, because they make several references to Jessica Jones. But I was I was thinking for a long time. Well, he owned a bar. Why are you sweeping up hair in a barber shop? This must be an origin story, and you know we'll meet Jessica Jones at the end, and then it became apparent that that's not what happened. But yeah, um, they they didn't really explore. Mike Coulter's acting range, I don't think. Yeah, no, they really didn't. But I think there was enough happening around him that it was actually quite nice for him to be the mellow content. At no, at no point did I start to dislike my time with Luke Cage. I get you. Like I, like I said to myself, um, the third episode when it actually... The end of the third episode with the church scene is where it got good for me, but it took the first two episodes and all of that episode to actually yeah. do anything for me. The fourth episode is where it took off and where I think uh, Mike Coulter had the most to play with mm. because this is very much the origin story. We'll point out that all good scenes in Netflix Marvel series happen in prisons. Yeah. That's becoming a bit of a thing now. Like yeah. The best one from season two was the prison episode and, yeah. and they have this, but yeah. Very odd that that's when they've decided then to again, and, and also in Jessica Jones, it was when Kilgrave was locked up in that um, that airtight in, yeah, yeah, thing. Anything. That's one of the best, probably the best scene in that. Yeah. And like, okay. they like locking away people in prisons. Well, there we go. Netflix. We found the theme for the Defenders. Netflix is going to be set in a panic room. <laughs> Netflix, Defenders are going to be set in a panic room. <laughs> Netflix okay will only it. pay for the one and that's it. Yeah. That's why it's called an event. I'm okay with that. Yeah. That could work. It could work. Uh, yeah, the, the, the prison episode, which is basically the Luke Cage origin story. Which is, that is great. was a really good episode. That's, I think, where Mike Cole shows his most range. Because yeah. they show him being truly angry, truly kind of um, um, sarcastic almost, and like and just like defeatist and negative, which he's not really get when he's yeah. being normal Luke Cage. He's quite, a, he's quite a positive person, despite like a lot of negativity in his life. Yeah, yeah. That, this episode and the episode where... The plot threads set up in this fourth episode tie up finally. Mm. I believe in about episode ten or eleven. Something there, yeah. Um, is where I kind of go. Okay, now I'm really, really invested in this character, and I think Michael did a fantastic job of, of showing because Luke Cage is one of the more cheerful heroes mm. 
um, in what is essentially the miserable part of the MCU. Yeah. Because he's a hard worker. He's, he's, he's a dedicated man. But he never comes away as being like Spider-Man levels of like... No, you know, no. He's, he's not happy. He's and... not full of piss and vinegar, essentially. He's yeah. carried a lot of weight, but he's trying to do good and he's trying yeah, to carry yeah. on and he's trying be to be... a normal person. Yeah, be a, be a man in a world full of superheroes. Which is good. I, I think some of the things that annoyed me about it was that, that sometimes his motivations became a bit blurry. Hmm. Like he's constantly saying, I don't want to be a superhero... And then there's a lot of superhero things. Yeah, it's like the amount of times he's been like, I, I don't do that, I'm not for hire. Also, I'm going to jump out of this building now. I'm like, okay, fine. That kind of straight line. What then brought it back, though, was his fighting style. It's yeah. so refreshing to see a man who just kind of bored of being punched and shot. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I love the whole, um, I'm pretty sick of buying new clothes. Yeah, and he's constantly changing clothes with everybody. That was really funny. Um, most of his fight scenes, he doesn't actually do much. People just attack him. He just sort like of shows up them. and just pushes them. It's yeah, really, just, really funny. Like when he knocks people out, just flicking me on the head. <laughs> when he goes into the convenience store, he's being held up with Method Man's there. He just flicks them on the head to knock him out. Oh, yeah, Method Man's in this series for some reason. I, I know me and you aren't massive Wu-Tang Clan fans, but even I know that was a cool cameo. They got a rap out of Method Man, which is pretty... Yeah. And the fact that he was awestruck by Luke Cage and which is Luke Cage was awestruck by Method Man, that was a pretty... I like I that. did like that scene. Um, to be fair, like, whilst we're on it, I think the music in this series is phenomenal. Really, really good. I've just saw an idea and they're releasing it on final. I know nice. nerds of your real are going to be buying that in droves. No, it was really, really, it was a big part of it as well. Mm. There is almost like a, a, a scene in every movie set to diegetic music that's being played, like, in Harlan's Paradise or on the street or somewhere. There's the track. The track "Hail to the Chief" was my favourite, and it was it was the. Oh, I didn't like that one. That was a bit weird. Oh, I liked it. To me, that perfectly set up um, Cottonmouth's character, who we'll be talking about yep. in a little bit. I, mean, I was like, I'm really enjoying this now. I'm I'm listening to music that I wouldn't necessarily have a connection with, um, because obviously this is very much trying to explore, sort of. Well, it's Harlem culture. It's black culture. It's very much trying to set that up and put that as a bed for a superhero story, mm-hmm. which is essentially what Luke Cage's origins were in the comics. It was... Blaxploitation. Mar- it was Marvel's take on blaxploitation. And, but how do we take that and make it more relevant to the real-world-esque MCU set now? Yeah. And it does do a lot of things right with that, in my opinion. I think it does a lot of things right. Some things that I can't really relate to, obviously, but a lot of things right. Um... Shall we move on from, from Luke Cage? Because yeah, well, I think it's just a resounding thumbs up, It really. is. And you can also see why any woman would sleep with him. Yep. Which so that we get it in the first episode. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. it's okay, it's okay, Misty Knight. We would too. It's like, we get it, don't worry. <laughs> we get it, yeah. It's like, no knowing this is set after Jessica Jones. It's like, he's already bagged her and Misty Knight and then someone else near the end of the series he's about to hot he's hot to trot for Luke Cage yeah. and I'm just like this isn't even this isn't like skins where everyone having sex made no sense to me yeah this makes all the sense in the goddamn world <laughs> yeah um, it's, it's the constant like we should go get coffee you don't like coffee I know <laughs> like, yeah boy <laughs> we need some Barry White in this <laughs> If I watched every episode, I would have been a happy, happy man. I feel I get the feeling if this was set about, if this was made about thirty years ago, it would have been old Barry White and Luther Vandross, oh, and it would have been amazing. <laughs> we had some Martin Luther Vandross in here; it would have been wonderful. Uh, right, yeah. So Misty Knight, we brought her up for a sex position you that did? she brought um, with her weird boobs. 
Just gonna point that out. If you fucking missed it to episode one, she was wearing such a weird dress that they were like they were like small but like really like pointy, like they were like a good like foot out. <laughs> they were like coats. <laughs> They were like they were like almost concave. Hey? They were like, like they had like a dip in them. So they went down and then came back up. I'm sorry, I'm not usually a pig with this type of thing. It's a very beautiful woman, all that good stuff. But I just I that dress, man. I couldn't get over it. I spent three episodes reeling from that dress. It was so. Oh. Just imagine you watching the series, but but like. Well, but those boobs, though. Those boobs, though. They can't, I can't get them out of my head. And not for the usual reasons I can't get boobs out of my head. Breasts aside, um, Simone Missick plays uh, Misty Knight in this, mov- in this movie. It basically is. In this series. And I think she's probably my favourite character from this series. No, I wouldn't say above Luke Cage and someone else will talk about him. But no, I, d- I did really like her. Um, in fact, I think had she not had sex with Luke Cage... We all know what she did. We all would too. Because he's Luke Cage. He's Luke Cage. I, I think that might have helped because I think that set up with a death assist of like, oh, she's a really career-driven woman, but she's just going to sleep with Luke Cage. She's an independent woman who can do whatever the hell she wants. I, I, I could have done without it. I think it gave him an unnecessary link. Yeah. Kind of, just to get the ball that, rolling. That's, that, that's, that's, that's what I was trying to say about the first three episodes. It's very much a case of, we need to get these characters together yeah. through happenstance. I'm like, with you. Like, these people would not be interacting with each other were it not for the contrived reasons set up in the first three episodes. That's my problem with this series. It's not a case of Daredevil is always linked with Karen Page and Foggy Nelson and then happens to come into contact with Frank Castle, which continues through the case and the law. The law and the, uh, the, the trial. It's a case of these guys would not be bothering each other were it not for the script saying so. Yeah. That's the big issue. And I think I'll get to this in morning themes. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, coincidence and cliche play a lot in those early episodes. I think when we get past those, it does help. Speaking of cliche, who likes Sherlock? Because that's yeah. Misty Knight now. But I thought, because I didn't know much about Misty Knight in the comic books, I did sort of think, is this her superpower? Has she got like that that text, the, the the tactile psychic stuff that that guy had in Heroes that he could like touch an object and learn all about its past and stuff? I mean, she's a ace detective, but it's not, um, as far as I'm aware, anyway, in the comics, it's not. Yeah, I checked. She hasn't got superpower. that. No. But no. that's what it felt like. It was so jarringly different from the rest of the story. I mean, of the they show. couldn't give her a robot arm, so I guess that we had this instead. Had it been a superpower, though, I would have been okay with it. Like a like a kind of not like a crystal clear clairvoyancy because then she could just solve all crimes but like she gets an idea from something from like the tactile psychic stuff but then I feel like we're playing with with whether what who who we do and don't call superhuman in the same way that like um, Professor X did in First Class where he's like the woman with two different articles is like oh you're a mutant I'm like you know you're I not going to get in the team <laughs> no, no. I don't know how this would ever come up in a mission for the X-Men but you never know um so just to return to Mr. Neither, yeah, the, the, the Sherlock of Vision aside, I did really like her. I really like Mr. She was a good driving force. You, you you always felt like her morals were in the right place and her intentions were in the right place, that she saw what was happening. She kind of saw through all the, the, the bullshit that was being laid down by all of her superiors. And you wanted her to crack the cage. You wanted her to get caught in I, I feel like... Get, uh, yeah, sorry. People. But yeah, her best bits were when she wasn't able to crack the case. And there are many points in this series where she's really tested... Yeah, like the, I, the entire the entire episode where she's just with a psychiatrist for the entire one. Yeah, that was quite revealing. I didn't expect that to be as as good as it was. 
Um, yeah, really did enjoy that. Um, she was um, one half of the kind of female lead here. The other one, who played a much bigger prominent role than I thought she was going to be, yeah. was uh, Rosario Dawson as the Night Nurse. Yeah. Actually gets a name drop, by the way. One of the Easter she eggs does. that I spotted. I was like, ah! Yeah, that was cool. Shouldn't be a name, though. She should be Hero Hussy. She's collecting them all. <laughs> Hero all of them she's had a bit of Daredevil she's having a bit of Luke really Cage she's going. confirmed to show up in Iron Fist that's going to get on him as well have a bit of that. Is that... basically welcome to Netflix they're gonna fuck <laughs> basically I have her pinned as the answer to what I've always thought Felicia Smoke would eventually prove to be in the Arrowverse is that everyone will just have relationships with her she'll get killed by someone and that will be a reason for the big team up series near the end I'm including Supergirl in that because who knows? Maybe Jessica Jones is going to get some night nurse in a bit. Yeah, but um, <laughs> so this was kind of her most extended run we've had of her since season one of Daredevil. Easily, yeah. Um, she was only really she was in one episode of Daredevil season of, of Jessica Jones, and it's intermittently in Daredevil season two. Um, I still liked her, but I, yeah, she's starting to become a bit of a diminishing returns. Now. Yeah, I get you. I, I feel like the impact that she had in Daredevil season one was pretty much a flash in the pan. Yeah. I'm not saying that Rosario Dawson can't act. No. She's very good. In fact, there's the scene, there's a scene in, I believe the 11th episode. Um, it takes place in Harlem's paradise. Yep. And it's where she's, excuse me. It's where she's patching up uh, a number of people who is we it, won't spoil due to spoilers. Is that um, the bottle episode? Yes. Right. It's that one. Yep. Uh, and there's a lot of good stuff going on in there. And she's pretty damn good. Um, but because she's essentially just a nurse who... He, again, there's no point for her to be in Harlem. No. She's just gone there. Her mommy's there. Yeah. She's gone to see. She's a plot device. And and that can be fine. There's a lot of characters we love that are plot devices. But I, I she's not an interesting character. She's not, she's not developing. She's no. not. It's not like... It's not like the Night Nurse in the comics who understands the physiology of every superhero and knows how to patch them up. Yeah. So far, Daredevil hasn't got anything special going on. He's just a blind guy who could fight well. Yeah. Luke Cage having the bulletproof skin is something that she needs to learn about and does a little bit, but doesn't crack it. She no. doesn't fully understand it. And I feel like that's something that Night Nurse should be doing. Should be going, like building, not building a profile, but essentially building a mental profile yeah. of like... Okay, well, if something happens to Matt, this is how I'm going to take care of him. If something happens to Luke, this is how I'm going to take care of him. When she meets Danny Rand in the next series, it's going to be a case of this is mystic shit, and I need to learn about that as yep. well as medicine. If I thought things were hard before, you say that out loud. Are you looking forward to Rosario, Rosario Dawson being in Iron Fist? It's not the first thing I'm thinking. That's about. one thing. I just think again because we've spent so much time with her. Probably more time than we've actually spent with any of the individual defenders. Maybe Daredevil pips at the post, but. She's just not an interesting character. It's just not someone I'm like, oh, Rosario Dawson's back. Hey! It's just realised something. She essentially becomes Luke, uh, not Luke Cage, she becomes Nick Fury if Nick Fury were a prostitute. <laughs> there was an idea to bring together all the people I slept with so they could fight the battles I can't be bothered So basically, with. when the defenders defend the New York from whatever it was, it was because of Rosario Dawson's vagina. That is the uniting force behind the if defenders. If the defenders starts with her going... You might want to get yourself checked. And <laughs> <laughs> that call goes out to everybody. That's it, should we do oh. oh, I feel like we're starting to become pigs again, Michael. We may need to move away from this. Um, we'll wrap up the good guys first, I think, because we can kind of really... Pops! Pops! 
Uh, it, it we're, was... we're talking about Pops. Okay, cool. Pops. I like Pops. Pops was good. Someone was surprised when something happens to him, and I was like, really? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's I was like, well, that's going to happen. He's cliche ahoy hoy. In fact, all of the scenes set in the first two seasons, like, they're in a barber shop. You couldn't think of a more stereotypical hanging out place. They're all playing chess in the barbershop, which every single barbershop you've ever seen in American movies, some guy is playing chess. I need to point out, Bobby Fish is the name of a wrestler, and it was really distracting to me, because I was like, oh, I'm expecting to slap an armbar on somebody at any second now. Um, they all talk about basketball. Did you notice one of the names on the no-pay list? Because in the back of the shop, there's like no-pay list of people oh, who don't pay. So you've got like Al Pacino and, uh, and Michael Jordan and, and Prince and all that stuff. And a guy called Richard Raintree... And I was like, who's Richard Raintree? I looked it up, it's Shaft. <laughs> Shaft is on the no-pay list. And I was like, oh, black exploitation, you've got to mention Shaft somewhere. Um, yeah, so Pops was, for the small party is fine, good, liked him. Yeah. Um, who else is good? I think that's everybody, isn't it? That's, that's the main part. But I mean, uh, not that he's a good guy, but because he's pretty much ineffectual in the series, it's nice to get... Uh, Turk Barrett as returning uh, character again. <laughs> just I, I just like crappy him. Crappy Merc. <laughs> I like him. I really like him. He just turns up, gets shit on by everybody, and goes home. There's something I need to talk about with Pops, but I'll, I'll save it to the um, yeah, to the spoiler thing. Um, just having a look at my notes, I think that's all of the good people. I just basically want to mention um, Shaft. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was the entire yes. point of that. So let's move on to the villains of the piece. Um, Starting out with Cottonmouth? Starting out with Cottonmouth. Yeah. Luke Cage versus Cottonmouth. The battle of the smooth-voiced mofos. That guy's I voice. could listen to those two read through the farm book together. That would be a wonderful day out. I know, right? Who's got the better voice, though, Michael? Mm, that is a question. I, I think know. I think Luke Cage is more consistent, whereas, but, but, but he's best if Cottonmouth. Yeah. I really like Cottonmouth. I liked him. I thought it was quite I, good. I thought he was a very... He was the exact villain we needed for Luke Cage. He was, you know... The kind of the businessman like Wilson Fisk, but nowhere near as kind of almost psychotic as Wilson Fisk is. He doesn't think too big. He just wants to control. You know, he wants to keep his empire together. He's already built it. This thing when we meet Wilson Fisk, yes, he's a big businessman, but he's got bigger plans that he ultimately doesn't get to do. Can't know if he's kind of winning when you see him at the start. He's of the kind of happy so. where he is, if you yeah. could say that. I mean, he obviously wants to have a bit <laughs> more, but. It's it's very much a case of I want Harlem and then anything else I don't care about. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. Cool. That's a very interesting place for the villain to start with. The villain is almost unequivocally. There's some things have to happen early on that are not great for his business, but he's winning. He's doing really well. And then Luke Cage is very much losing at the start of this, sweeping up hair for free and working in the man's um, in the man's in Cottonmouth's club washing dishes. Yeah. I really, really liked him. I liked, I liked, I, I did. I know I mentioned it in his smooth voice, but when he breaks character occasionally, like when he sees the Judas bullet for the first time, yeah, and he's just so excited for the murdering he's going to get. To I do. love that. I really, really liked him. It was really good. Uh, Mahashala Ali, I believe, is the guy who plays. Yes, he's yeah. in House of Cards. He is. He's um, in House of Cards. How we get most of of this? Yeah. No, he's really good. I really enjoyed the way that he's able to play someone who's a lot more multifaceted than maybe we've gotten in Jessica Jones. Because yeah. as much as I love David Tennant and as much as I thought that was about as perfect as you could ever do the Purple Man, it was very much a case of he's a psychopath and he's a psychopath. Whereas, yeah, there wasn't much to him. Yeah, whereas Cottonmouth, I feel like, had a lot more story in him. The fact he doesn't like being called Cottonmouth, he's trying to be a le- not a legit businessman, but he wants to be seen as that. Not, pardon me, not as like a silly cartoon villain, which if he called Cottonmouth, he's going to be the case. 
Now, where this series falters for me, probably its biggest, other than the pacing issues we mentioned, is in its other two villains. Okay. Um, we'll say Shades, played by Giza, um, Theo Rossi. Theo Rossi. From Sons of Anarchy, played Juice Sons of Anarchy. I was so excited because I, Juice is... I, I really fell out of love with Sons of Anarchy. I haven't actually finished to see because it comes to like season five and it's EastEnders level of miserable. Yeah. Just everybody's a miserable, miserable bastard. It's, it, it's the fun. American version of I've got nothing left. It's just, yeah, it's just, oh, shut up you dickhead, nothing's good. That's basically <laughs> that series. Um, and, and I just couldn't bother it. But I always liked Jews. Jews are really good. And I thought, well, it's going to be interesting to see him play a villain because I thought he'd be playing it like Jews, like a bit of an idiot. And it'd be, Mm-mm. No. He's just like Shades is awesome. I he's really like really Shades. like calm, cool, and collected in a, in a place where not so much Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth's a bit prone to losing his temper occasionally, but when we get to another villain that comes in later, who's just fucking batshit. Yeah, it's nice to still have Shades there as like there's like uh, uh, the yeah good job by Theo Rossi. I'm I'm excited to see more of him. Shades might have been my favorite villain from this series easily. No, I think Cottonmouth. Was, I really like Shades. Shades's arc was cool. He I was. Liked it. But no, I think Cottonmouth. Although shares. again, because I've not seen Game of Thrones, and obviously we're going to make a thing of this in the future, um, he's been ref- he's been referred to as the little finger of this series. I don't know what that means to you. Oh, that to that, that does actually make a lot of sense. You think? Oh, you wait until we get to do a Game of Thrones podcast next year. Good God, that's going to be some fun. Yes, he is basically the the, the little finger of this. Basically, the little finger is the string puller. He he he's not your he's not your focal point, but he's still very much kind of in charge of everything. He's making the gears turn. I get you without getting himself in the fire. That, that's exactly what that shades. is. Shades. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what makes Shades so interesting, though, because he he changes his MVPs throughout the series and who he's aligned with, who he isn't, and what he's planning on doing. And it's all so that he can have the glory, which is really yeah. cool. I like that he's he's not trying to be Wilson Fisk. He's not trying to be Cottonmouth. He's not trying to be. Be the hand or anything like that. It's just I want my slice and I don't want to work for it. Like I like that. That's yeah. really, that's oddly related. That's the smartest way. You know, he's going to keep him alive because he's not really making any enemies. He's keeping him on the down low, but he's still going to have all the money and the wealth and the power and the comfort and everything. Although so I've really enjoyed the scene um, that Shades gets when when things aren't exactly going to plan and he has to take care of those guys in the lift. I really enjoyed that. I was like, yeah, oh, go yeah, on, Shades. Good. I, ge- I genuinely thought that's when he was going down. I yeah. thought he was going to be like a traditional late in the series prior to finale death. But no, came out of it. He shot the other guy. can't remember his name. Zip. 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 He shot Zip. Um, and then we have to talk about the other two. Yeah. I like Shades. The other two villains, not so much. Um, Should we go Black Mariah first? Yes, Black Mariah, Mariah Dillard, a.k.a. Evil Michelle Obama. Yep. Um, I really <laughs> didn't like her. Alfred Woodard played this. Now, you mm. might have uh, seen her in the MCU already. Seriously. She was in Civil War. Was she? Yep. You know, the woman who gives Tony Stark the photo of the... Of the boy who died in the... Is that her? That's her. She's playing a completely different character there, by the oh, way. Oh, that's annoying. No links whatsoever. That's irritating. I um, know, right. Apparently, whilst they were filming Luke Cage, the, like, the, the Russos visited the set, were so impressed, and wanted to have a cameo in Civil War. Which, that's how she got like that. So now you know. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? I didn't like her. No, I didn't like her. <laughs> I, it, it, she stole focus away from... from Cottonmouth, who I was enjoying, and another villain we'll get to down the road. And again, her motivations weren't very clear. Like, does she actually want to be a politician, or does she want to be a gangster, or does she just want to 
I never I never related to what the point of her story was. I think she got better as the series went on, but she didn't start well. I don't think that. She just got more integral to the plot. Yeah. She didn't get better, I, I don't think. I still yeah. wasn't enjoying her her performance, her writing, her kind of, you know, all over the shop mentality at times. I really, really didn't like her. I, I think but, but where we come to the end of the series, and because obviously she's so integral by the end of the series, her the last episode for her, I think, is her best performance. Yeah, but I still don't like it. <laughs> no, I'm but, not looking forward to seeing any more from that character. Let's put really? It that way. I'm, no. See, uh, with where that character ends, I'm actually quite interested. But but like you said, when you put her in a room with Cottonmouth, I know I'd rather see go forward. Cottonmouth. Yeah, but unfortunately, the scripts just weren't in favour of Cottonmouth because he didn't really go anywhere. So all the the progress was put in towards exactly. Maria and he went to switch to her, and, and like, like I said, she just basically she would either just go crazy and start shouting and and, do, and then be calm all of a sudden, um, or or she just pull that face that looked like Oprah taking a mean shit. <laughs> <laughs> I need to point something out to you though. Yeah, I hope you caught this because I heard it. In one of the episodes, and I had to rewind it three times and then turn the subtitles on to make sure I was getting this. But it's a wonderful line. Hang on a minute. Where is it? There it is. She says this to someone. When she's getting interviewed and they bring up, you know, Cotton Mev has been arrested. That's not a major spoiler, but... Um, and she kicks the person out of her house. She says to you, and I'm not kidding, get the rest of your shit and bugger off. I didn't know bugger off was an American thing, so I turned the subtitles on. And there it is. Get the rest An of American shit. lady tells another American person to bugger off. I was like, what? I kind of feel like they've ripped that out of a comic and forgotten that it was oddly British. I know. I was like, this is this is taking a strange turn. Bugger off. Yeah, but yeah, I am not. I didn't enjoy that. Mariah. I'm not looking forward to it anymore. Fair enough. Having said that, I'm looking even less forward to seeing Diamond back again. Yeah, this is the dumbest thing in the MCU oh. at the minute. Right. Um. I will admit, his first episode... Oh, by the way, um, he's played by Eric LeRae Harvey. Um, so it's Willie Stryker Diamondback, because obviously there are two Diamondbacks in the comic books. There is this Diamondback, the classic Luke Cage villain Diamondback, and uh, I believe she's... Yeah, the, the current Diamondback is female, and I think a super... No, she's a super villain, isn't she? I think. She's in the villain. I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, it's very much different to the Diamondback we got here, because she's sort of like a... A psychic-powered, pink-haired, leotard-wearing thing. That would have been preferable, to be honest. Yeah, would I been. would have much preferred this to the the, the Diamondback we got in this series, although I really enjoyed his first episode, because it was such a departure from what this series was doing. Oh, it was a breath cool. of fresh air. It then lasted the rest of the goddamn series, which is the unfortunate thing. Um, so I think we're going to have to save most of our talking about Diamondback until after spoilers, because... Because he's not in any of the trailers. But he also quoted the Warriors, so you know. He did quote the Warriors. That was fun. I um, liked it. Tell you what, let's, let's, let's just save Diamond back until afterwards. Just yeah. if you wanted the quick review of it, we don't like us, it. We didn't like it. Nope. Um, for reasons we would detail later. Um, I think that's everybody covered in the acting thing. They're the themes of the of the piece. Yes. Um, was very much, you know, trying to be your own man and standing up and, and doing good, which is basically all superhero movies. But I like the way they tackled it in this one, of making it more of a, a commentary on... This was much more of a social commentary than pretty much any other Marvel property. I felt I felt like that the, the, the... Who was the director of this again? Um, Chio Coca is the director of this series, and I get the impression that Chio Coca likes Luke Cage. Yeah. I also get the impression that he's 
more politically and socially active than probably what should be in the MCU. Daredevil uh, is a series that deals with a lot more fantasy, and Jessica Jones is what deals with more psychological elements. Mm-hmm. This is very much the the, the socio political element of the MCU, and for good reason. At the minute, Luke Cage appears to be something that is essentially a dialogue to stuff that's happening in real life right mm-hmm. now, uh, such as several uh, shootings and mass shootings in America, and of course the Black Lives Matter movement. And I don't feel like we can really separate this series from that because it's such a commentary on it. I really wish we could because I want to have my superhero fun. I I, I know, but I think that's what actually helped this series stand out for me is the fact they did go down that kind of social political route of it. Because yeah, if if Daredevil was the study of the of the sins of, of violence and wrath and all that goes and guilt and Jessica Jones was the sins of uh, over-sexualisation and, and um, kind of mental manipulation. This is very much about discrimination, yeah. taking down that sin. Essentially. I like that kind of setup they've got going there, taking down certain social sins in each of those series. And I think they they Can't balanced them it. to deal with the sin of yellow birds in, <laughs> in Iron Fist. <laughs> Yay! I think they found a really nice balance where I don't think they ever went over the top with the kind of... The no. Social. It didn't feel like... like but, it, we watching... but it was... It was noticeable. That's the thing. It was, it was in, it wasn't in your face, but it was a case of we're now going to take a break from this superhero fist fight to go and talk about activism. And I'm like, mm. no, I, I think I was more into it than you were. I, I think they, from as far as it's still being a commercial property and still a Marvel property, I think they did it. Uh, they struck the balance as well as they could. Yeah, and it never became overreaching. And they they always tied it back to you know they weren't doing real social commentary, other than the the weird thing of like the. Bullet hole jackets becoming like a fashion trend. I like that. I, I did. Really I liked cool. it as an idea, but I was like, oh, that's Marvel saying that police are shooting black people and discriminating against it. They actually were in this series discriminating against black people. Yeah, like that was a thing. But they pointed out that it's very much the police were being wrong. Yeah, know? it's 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 the scene uh, where they're look they're looking for Luke Cage towards the end of the series, and they start um, immediately jailing a number of black people. Which obviously is a commentary straight on the treatment of black people across America uh, from the American police force. Mm-hmm. And it differs state by state. And it's very hard for someone who's as white and as British as us yeah. to, to really give a, a valid and informed opinion on that. So I'm, we're just going to say it's a parallel that's clearly been drawn for reasons. One, I don't think it's one they could have avoided given the not you know, the geographical not really. location and the main star and all that kind of stuff. That's true. But that's the thing. It was all very deliberate. And I think it's st- something that they 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 avoided doing in Jessica Jones, obviously because that's Jessica Jones's story to tell. But we already liked Luke Cage there. Mm. And I don't think this was needed to say, like, here's why you should be endeared to Luke Cage and these characters. I'm like, I'm already endeared to Luke Cage. I really like this character. But that's coming from the point of view of we've already seen Jessica Jones. There may have been people that didn't watch Jessica Jones and this was an introduction to. And I think kind of setting... Because what they smartly did was they put this social economic commentary on Luke Cage and not, you know, black people as a whole. I guess, yeah. So it became like you saw people discriminating against Luke Cage for his superpowers. Much in the same way that the X-Men is a great analogy for discrimination, Luke Cage also became that kind of surrogate figure for us as well. We're getting maybe a bit too deep into media theology. I say, welcome to media me, theory. I could do this for hours, but let's, let's draw a little line over it and just say, 
I liked it. Yeah. I like what they were doing. It was well done. I think you definitely were a bit more receptive to it than I was. And I was just kind of like, can we go back to the fighting? Cause I, I suppose. It. And I think if I was in, maybe if I was in a different mood or, or I came into the series looking for that. Yeah. Like, I'm going into Iron Fist to see nothing but Kung Fu fighting. Yeah. Let's make that abundantly clear right now. If that starts getting all preachy on me, meh. I came into this expecting and wanting Marvel to take have the balls to do this. To say the N-word as much as they do, yeah, it's almost unavoidable to when you set this in half. The first time it drops, you're kind of like, whoa, okay, okay, we're doing that and in, just in MCU now. And I like the fact that Luke Cage doesn't like it. Yeah. That pleases me so much that he's just like, he's not going to stand for being called it because yeah. he shouldn't be called it. I love it. Really, really like that. Um, so that's the, the main theme that runs through it. And then there's also the, the kind of greed, and greed gets the best of, yeah. of all these people. I just think these themes could have been explored better. I think that this these themes should have been explored in a better series. The gr- the the kind of greed of that side of the series, I think that could have been more focused. Yeah, especially with, the, with the, the many various bad guys kind of dealing with their greed and grabbing for power and stuff. That and that kind of muddied the waters, especially near the end of the series, especially with the finale and the, the commentary they're trying to make on wealth and greed. There, that sometimes it works, and sometimes bad people get what they want. Yeah, which is basically all that finale is. Uh, right, let me just check the notes and make sure there's nothing else we need to cover. Uh, first of all, do all Swiss people feel like pussies? Who knows? Because every time they mentioned that you know the barbershop was safe, it was because it was Switzerland. And I was like, do all Swiss like share this? Like they're they're so passive and in their lifestyle that no one is in danger in their entire um, thing. If you were in the Swiss army. And had a knife. You might be a bit different about this. <laughs> and had a um, knife that also had several right. other tools Hang attached on. to it. Hang on. I think we've covered everything that we can. We've exploited things. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, we can do this. There is a very short callback to original Luke Cage costume. And it was very funny. It's so good. Like, it's so good. Because it's such a stupid costume. They obviously could never have got away with <laughs> yeah, it. You know, like, the yellow shirt, yeah. the headband, the gauntlets and the chain. And he's like, I look damn ridiculous. Uh, I, so like, yes! Much in the perfect. same way they did it in Jessica Jones, where they showed the dual costume and then threw it out. Yeah. You know, Daredevil didn't have this because Daredevil's costume's always just been seen as just, it's just cool. We need that. Yeah, also he can't see what he looks like anyway, so who cares? He's going to go on in the Defenders. If Iron Fist doesn't get a costume, it is going to be three street, like, normal-looking people. And, and then Daredevil <laughs> stood there as well. At least Punisher spray-painted the skull on his arm. Yeah, Punisher put a bit of effort in, but, um... No, the, the fact he happened to grab that yellow blaze. Where the chain came from, I don't know. Not a clue. Well, he felt the inside <laughs> the chain. Yeah, but the tiara and the, and the gauntlets was really, really cool. And when he first got his powers and he just punched his way through the wall, oh, whenever was it was so time for, for Luke Cage to do some remodelling, it was always good times. It's, um, it was the part, there's a point where like he's being pursued by uh, Diamondback's men and they go and into this van which he's parked up against a wall he's punched through the van and the wall and buggered off I know that's brilliant that's so good isn't it wonderful I really like Pesce right uh, I think that's going to do with him yep I'm giving it a, a, a I seem to give it a better review than you are Michael um, but that's not a bad thing I liked I preferred it to Jessica Jones it went by quicker I enjoyed my time with it there are pacing problems, and I said the villains, the villains, it's either Cotton Mayf, I wasn't really buying all the main villains. Uh, but I think Mike Cotton does a good enough job, a likeable enough job to really pull me through to give this a ringing endorsement. Yeah, I still endorse it, even though I think it's bottom of the pile for the MCU Netflix series so far. It's been outdone in 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 ways in which it deals with its own themes and story elements. It is a weak 
slow start for a series that really should have come out the gate very, very strong. It has a fantastic middle. I am not disputing sort of like episode four through about ten, I think is pretty much perfect. Which is the exact opposite of all other Netflix series. Yeah. It still has a pacing problem. It just has the opposite pacing problem. It has the opposite pacing problem. It starts slow. It finishes weak, but it has a great middle, and that's when you really get to know Luke Cage. The part, the part of the this series that really stuck with me is that you see Luke Cage on the prowl, walking down the street in a proper suit. And I'm like, this is this is as good as it gets for this character. It's genuinely brilliant, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of bad stuff surrounding it that I can't justify, and it really doesn't bring the mo- the money or the noise like Daredevil series two did. I doubt anything will, but there we go. Still good, but I would say ha- uh, just hamper your expectations and you'll have a better time. Okay. Spoilers. Here like, we, go. we need to talk about Diamondback. Diamondback. Good God. Fucking what hell. the hell? Like uh, like, has there ever been a more like unsuited character for these nerds. <laughs> yeah. You had this really serious story going through it. You had set up Cottonmouth as you kind of be bad. I will admit, I didn't see Cottonmouth's death coming. Yeah, I me did either. catch him by surprise. I was like, oh, not even Michelle Obama. <laughs> no. Why is it going to be her? Like, if it had been Shades, I think I would have been better with it. Or had it been Diamondback. Yeah. What a great way to introduce him. But What a great way to introduce how good the Judas Bullets would have been as well. Exactly. Um... Instead, what we got, uh, was <laughs> what we got was the death of the best villain in the, apart from Shades, the death of the best villain in the show, by way of Mike Stand. Yeah, uh, to be replaced. To be replaced by Tommy f- Lee Jones in Batman Returns. <laughs> Only this time, it's a sniper that sh- a sniper bullet that shoots explosions, yeah. and also he really likes quoting old movies. And talking really weird. Like, he's Two-Face from yeah. Tommy Jones. He's <laughs> chewing all the scenery. Just so having a good old munch. He <laughs> didn't suit. He just threw... Every time he was on it, it became wacky. You know what I mean? It stopped being this kind of serious and cool series and started becoming stupid. You know what watching um, Diamondback in this made me realise? They have to really retool Bullseye if they're going to do him in Daredevil Series 3. I dispute that highly because, as you know, I want Colin Fowler to come back to play Bullseye exactly no, as he no. was. No, he was perfect, Michael. He was perfect. No, it wasn't. It was you perfect. know damn well it perfect. wasn't. Perfect. Am I the only one who thinks it's a bit weird that um, Diamondback relished in his superhero? Well, it's a supervillain name, considering that Luke Cage obviously is not. We all know that Luke Cage is not Luke Cage's original name. It's his name now, but it's not his original name. Are you talking Power Man or Carl Lucas? Yes, both. Right. Okay. Both of those. Yeah. And obviously we know that Cottonmouth doesn't like to be called Cottonmouth, but Diamondback straight away, he's like, he doesn't introduce himself as Willis Stryker. He's like, I'm Diamondback, I have a gun. I'm like, okay, whatever. He's kind of brought into it, but that does suit his mentality that he's kind of, he sees himself as kind of otherworldly almost. But no, I, I could never get on board with it because it was just so distracting yeah. of a performance it was just so not in tune with everything else that we'd done up until this point it's a shame because there were some little bits that were that I thought were starting to gleam something good there's a there's a scene um, between Diamondback and Luke Cage where Diamondback has essentially set up Sniper Perch in like an old theatre and that's really cool like they have a cool conversation before Luke Cage inevitably puts the hurt on him and there is another scene where um Diamondback has, has sort of like wormed his way into the Harlem's Paradise and he's essentially laying the smack down on Shades and being like, this is how I run shit, you deal with it this way. 
And I was like, okay, that's interesting. That's bookended by him knocking about with a sniper rifle and literally one of the worst costumes ever. Oh, the Diamondback costume oh, was drizzling shit. So stupid. Oh my god! It did look costume. It did look comic book accurate. That comic book accurate <laughs> thing didn't have that goddamn stupid helmet. Though. No, it didn't have that. <laughs> that but made him look like he was like a fucking comic. It's like they had to. It's ridiculous. They had to find a way to even the score. He was ribbed for your Cage. pleasure. Oh god, he was. But I mean, they had to find a way to someone to have a fight with Luke Cage, and and it be okay. But I was okay with having the wounds. Like that was enough to make him, you know, slow down. And had he just had the gloves on. And, and and maybe put like some SWAT like gear on, not that gary. Maybe green if, it was, if it was like a modified SWAT <laughs> uniform and those gloves, and it, even if you had the whole like the the snake like yeah. under like shirt thing, that could have worked a bit better. It could have been a bit more rough and tumble, therefore suiting the themes of poverty in this series. But, but no, he gets like a military grade fucking lounge suit going on. And then on. that means that the final fight, which. You know, it should have been more gritty and more, you know, realistic and got really ground drug Oh, I believed nothing of that fight. No. Not a so The CGI was not fantastic. No, it's not even that. Yeah. <laughs> the CGI sucked. And then, I'm sorry, but in today's age, I don't think anybody sees two people having a fist fight, doesn't get their phone out, and chance for one of them. That Flat line doesn't happen. There wasn't enough people <laughs> whipping out the phones and shaking World Star. That's what would have happened. No, there's a, there's a guy saying, "Get the 4K camera, <laughs> you little street peddler guy. You've got a 4K camera. Bring it down." Um, yeah, it just it, it didn't felt like the right thing to do. That didn't feel like the final fight for Luke Cage. It was also at the start of the finale and was also the action peak. Yeah, everything after that he's talking, which I'm like, no, that. Mm-hmm. I know you're going for something a bit different here, but that's just not the way to go. Before we get to the finale, I want to point out that episode 8, which is the one where um, Diamondback shoots him in the shoulder and he falls into the garbage truck. Yeah. That was over the top. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the it's the fact that it's like he he gets shot and <laughs> falls into a garbage truck and then wakes up like a few streets away. Yeah. It's not really that much of a problem. And he's just a bit stingy. The, the whole getting the shrapnel out of him, that kind of deviation. I know it was important to the storyline, but that, that was... Not my favourite like, parts of those episodes. We got the opportunity to learn more about his physiology and yep. an opportunity for Claire Temple <laughs> to learn more about how to deal with it, and then she doesn't. Yep. And then we get like the end of those story threads where we find out that um, Reva was pretty much just playing him all along. Yep. And that was oddly satisfying, but it didn't really have much of a punch. Because like, anyway, you better get back to Harlem because True. this dickhead in a rubber Johnny <laughs> suit's going to have a fist fight with you. <laughs> <laughs> it was that so was a bit odd. I mean, I, I could have done without the pseudo-rudo science equality bollocks and that Claire Temple knew it. Yeah. Like, oh, I've now mastered biology. Um, could have done without that. One thing I will point out, because they did that, they balled him in the acid, which was a good scene, and then Guy made him pick the three pieces of shrapnel out of his stomach. They missed three. He got shot in the shoulder as well, yeah. yet they only picked it. They said, thank <laughs> you for noticing yeah. that. I was like, he's still injured. <laughs> Like, if he goes to throw a punch, he's fucked. I know it's not probably the most exciting scene to see, you know, proper surgery done to him, but still, that's not great. They um, took the time for those three, why couldn't they do the others? You know what I mean? I just, I, do we assume that he just had a second bath off screen? Like, oh, okay, it worked. Time to do that again. Was, and Nearly that, killed me, but oh well. And then those episodes, because it set up the bottle episode, which I'll probably say was, it was between that and the prison episode for being the best episode. Um, the one where they're trapped in Harlem's paradise for the entire episode. Episode 11 was probably my least favourite, because that's where it lost all focus. Yeah. Like, I, it got to the point where I was like, 
<clears throat> I was looking at the screen and the, the, all these characters, and I said to myself, right, what is the motivation of Mariah Dillard? What is, uh, what is her motivation right now? Because I really didn't know. Is she still trying to get in, back into politics? Is she now moving away from politics and ex- embracing the kind of gangster lifestyle? Is she trying to balance the books? I had no idea. Diamondback, I was like, well, he thinks that Luke Cage did, so what is he still doing? Well, I don't know. He, so at that point, he knew he was alive, but it was like, well, is he trying to kill him? Is he trying to sell all his stuff in the warehouse but when the Mexicans turn up and, and, and lost focus? That was really the problem that kind of sent that set uh, episode twelve off on the wrong foot. That I kind of lost where everyone was. Yeah, what, I get what you. are your what are your motivations? Well, like I said, it's a messy start because it's not gra- a slow start. I don't think it's messy. Okay, it's a messy ending though. Um, yeah, it's a very messy, convoluted ending. The pretty much, I feel like the early draft of Defenders have been put in front of the execs. and like, okay, we're going with this. Luke Cage needs to be locked away when this <clears throat> series starts. So yeah, that is. I, I like the fact goes. that it's like I knew a lawyer, so we're going to get Matt, uh, Matt to get him out of jail. Why is this series so afraid of talking about not only the other series but the rest of the MCU? The only one that gets name dropped out of everybody is Captain America. Yeah. That's the only one that gets name dropped. They couldn't name drop the Hulk, who, lest we forget, might have fucked up Harlem last time he was there. No, oh, major... yeah, that was in Harlem. That was in Harlem. So, so they got in this episode, they got footage of the incident, but not the Hulk smashing up Harlem. Yeah, mm. and beating Strange. the snot at the abomination. Yeah, like that. Get that got glazed over really quickly. It really did. Um, yeah, that that was. They could have done better ties to, but again, these Netflix things are kind of their own. Yeah, it's... but Jessica Jones had. Enough work in between mm. that and Daredevil, and Daredevil too had enough work. Oh, in but between I think you can go, you can go over the top if you if you really start laying in the. Yeah, but look the, what the, the movies the do. The movies do but, it so much better. I know, but that's they're their own little. I think, and you don't want to raise people's expectations that people from the movies are going to start turning up in the Netflix series. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, that final episode. So let's just break this down. So you had the fight at the start. So the peak of what should have been the episode at the start. He defeats Diamondback Stanley. We don't hear from Diamondback again. It's then basically in the police station from then on, there on, you know, just explaining what's going to happen. It's also, I think, the shortest episode of the season. It's only like 45 minutes. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and the and longest episode of the series is the one before. And the stuff comes out about Carl Lucas and that he escaped from prison and that he's going to go back there. Um, we do see, the interesting thing in the finale is we do see the guy, the, the, the scientist that did it to Luke Cage, experimenting on Diamondback at the end. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I expect Diamondback to come back, but it's cool from like what they did there. But I'm not exactly looking forward to that. <laughs> no. And the key thing to take away is so the very end was that um, Hundred Nights to Get a Man song he's playing, and Mister Knight goes back to Harlan's Paradise. Is that Luke Cage is going to jail, and Mariah Dillard and and Shades and they're a pair of couple, and they're running in front of everybody. They're not hiding; they're hiding in plain sight at Harlan's Paradise. They've won. Yep. They have got away scot-free with no pressing charges. Reputation's a bit damaged, but at this point, Black Mariah doesn't care. She's a gangster now. The bad guys won. Yep. That's a very interesting take on... I, I, I admire the balls it takes to do that. I didn't enjoy it. No. I can't say I can't agree with that. I didn't feel satisfied with that. Anymore. All of the heroes in the Netflix roster who deserve to be triumphant... Luke Cage was top of that list. And he could have had a low-key victory of just, you know, I got rid of Diamondback, I dismantled this one club, but I realised Harlem's more than just this one little club. That, still... that would have been cool. Imagine if Diamondback wasn't a crazy person and he was still knocking about. Say he only dealt with Cottonmouth. Say that incurs the wrath of Maria Dillard. Like, we could have, it could have been a case of like, 
I've been dealing with all four of you, and in this series, I've only managed to get rid of one of you. Yeah. As opposed to, I didn't even kill that one. I've only punched this one hard enough to make him concussed, and these two got away with it. Yeah. It's a bit of a, a bit and, of a wasted effort, really, isn't it? And I, and I want to applaud them again for having the cojones to do this. And if it leads in a very interesting position for other Iron Fist or the Defenders miniseries. I'll become retroactively more okay with it. But he didn't really set up for me to be like, oh, yes, I can't wait to see evil Michelle Obama in charge of things in season two with Diamondback being super-powered like Luke Cage's. That, that, that's not an interesting setup for season two. I want to move on. I want to have different problems, not the exact same problems. Yeah, I get you. Enjoy that. Um, right, one more thing I need to mention before we wrap up this review. I need to mention this. Go on. Because I couldn't get over it. When Pops gets shot... Yeah. He's lying there on the ground. He's got his little scrunchy face on those big white eyes. My God, did he look like Yoda when Yoda dies? <laughs> could, as much as I couldn't shake Misty Knight's boobs, I also couldn't shake the fact that like, I was looking at Pops and was genuinely expecting him to say, There is another Skywalker. I was just like, Wow. I, I was like, Well, he's Yoda. He taught Luke Cage things and then dies. And the first thing he was like, I can't believe they killed Pops off. I was like, Old, black, mental, and you're surprised that he died quickly. Like he was never gonna make it. To, <laughs> he ain't gonna be in season two. He's <laughs> like, oh, that never happens in Marvel. It's like Uncle Ben. <laughs> Everyone old and mentorish dies, and he had the added disadvantage of being, being born, you know, black. That's never gonna help you in these series, is it? It's just, oh, you poor unfortunate pops. Oh. Um, so yeah. Luke Cage. Luke Cage. So next up, Iron Fist. Yeah. That's going to be so out there. I am looking forward to it. I'm, I'm glad we're not getting Daredevil Season 3, though, before we get Defenders. It felt like that might have been the cycle they were going to get in, where yeah. it would be Daredevil. Daredevil, somebody else. Somebody Daredevil, Daredevil, somebody else. I'm, I'm glad that's not the case. Yeah. But, you know, Daredevil Season 2 set up players that I think were needed for the Defenders. Yep. Because if Punishers and Defenders, I'm very happy. I'm annoyed we didn't get a teaser trailer for Iron Fist as we did with Luke Cage. We got a teaser two. image. <laughs> I would prefer that to be that secret trailer though. That would have that would have been a nice little little thing to pop on the end there. Or some it didn't really feel like it was tying in much to Iron Fist. They kept mentioning that Luke Cage is not for hire. I'd absolutely guarantee the barbershop is going to become the headquarters for the heroes for hire. Almost definitely written on the wall. Um, I'm really looking forward to Iron Fist. I think that's going to be a, a, a kind of because this was very similar to Daredevil in kind of street level crime. He he has well he has more powers than Daredevil does, but yeah. Whereas Iron Fist, that's just a whole new has the potential to be at least a whole new mystical, wonderful. thing. Well, think about it. Doctor Strange is opening that door later this year, and Iron Fist is going to kick it down. Yeah, boy. I'm all down for that. Right, you can follow me on Twitter at the Guthridge. You can go to foulentertainment.com. That's foul spelled F O U L entertainment.com. Uh, you can go and listen to our new Pokemon podcast where we talk about uh, the latest trailer that dropped. We also reveal who won the Monotype Challenge and uh, a review of the Pokemon Go Plus. Um, yeah, you can also go check out... You, we are gearing up now for, uh, as we announced in our Pokemon episode, our Harry Potter week, which will be running in the week up to um, the release of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. We'll be reviewing every single one of the Harry Potter movies. I've seen all of them. Have a strong dislike for them and a strong love for them at the same time. It's very bizarre. Michael's only seen four of them. So it's going to be a learning uh, journey for all of us and it's going to be wonderbar. It's good. And of course, you can go and follow me on Twitter if you really want to. And at that, Mike Owen. You can also follow us as a website on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, 
Sound clown. Sound clown. <laughs> Sound of the circus clown. Uh, Instagram and mines. That's everything. Our username is FowlyNT. That's FowlyNT. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Popscorn, and we will see you next for Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is up next. Yeah. It's only a few weeks away. It's going to be fun. Woo! Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.